What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Nifting Talk. Jeremiah, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, just hopping back on another Q&A recording with you. I'm excited to have another chat today. I look forward to these each and every month. Dude, likewise. It seems like every time we do this, it's been such a long time. Yeah, it's nice to, uh, to just be able to catch up with one another too and, and see what's going on. We obviously chit-chat a little bit back and forth through the month, but it's nice to sit down and, and just get to have a conversation too to catch up and see what's been going on. No, 100%, dude. And it sounds like for you... You have some crazy changes coming up, bro. I was, when you mentioned that on our call, on the mentorship call, I was, I was, I was stoked for you, but I was very surprised. Taking back. Like, are you good with like filling in with that, filling everybody in with what's going on? Sure. So um, my wife and I have made some decisions just in the last few weeks, really. It's been going on for the last couple months where we've been talking about a potential move. My wife has um, a business that she is starting up here soon. She's going to get into a family business sort of and, and do some cookie shops potentially here in the next um, few months. By the end of this year, we're looking to have one or two of those open. So we are looking at moving to Huntington Beach, California here in the next few months, just depending on how things go with leases and getting buildings um, secured and everything like that for her. So um, we've actually just moved out of our house. Our house went on the market today. So we just moved into my dad's house over the 4th of July weekend. It's been hell to say the least, <laughs> just to get everything switched over and, and get it. But we've got into this house now. Our crap's just everywhere and we're trying to um, get things figured out. But, uh, but yeah, we're looking at making a move here in the next few months, which is feels kind of sporadic. So it's obviously any of you guys that are listening that are my listeners, I haven't brought this up yet, but uh, it's been in the works on the background for a long time. We just haven't made anything um, stapled yet. And still, honestly, like we don't even have the lease of the building that she's looking to go into um, done or anything yet. So it's not like for sure, for sure, but we are taking all of the necessary steps to be 100% prepared to, to make the move when it comes up. I love it, man. And Huntington, Huntington Beach is San Diego, right? No, so Huntington is actually just off of Anaheim, so like Dis or Disneyland. Um, it's basically just west, straight west of Anaheim. Huh, okay, I'm so it's, geographically challenged. I'll have to sure. look that up. So it's like if you like if you know like Newport and like Seal Beach or Santa Monica, it's got okay. it's, it's just up from Newport. It's it, we're literally like three or four miles north okay. of Newport. So okay. it's like, it's just right between Newport and Seal Beach. Okay. That's dope though. Have so, you spent much time there? I in have. Like California? Or I've County. only ever been, the for the last Impact Collective was the first time I've ever been to California. I was in San Diego. Oh yeah. So like how far is, I'm the most geographically challenged person in the world. Like I can't get anywhere without my GPS. So how far is that from like San Diego? Probably um, a couple hours. Roughly okay. like one to two hours with traffic down there though. You have no idea. Traffic is, is ridiculous, but like, it's cool because that's where me and my wife, I've spent a lot of time out there. So my dad's raced horses as I was growing up really? in a town called Los Alamitos, which is like 15 minutes from Huntington beach. So I've been out there tens to maybe even up to like 20 times throughout my life, just spending a lot of time there. We've done a lot of family vacations there. Me and my wife did our honeymoon in Huntington. So like we're going okay. out to an area where we've, been a lot and we're very familiar with it so and right. we've always said like that's a place that 
um, like we could see ourselves living potentially for a good amount of time. I don't know if we'll get out there and, and live there forever. We, we love our hometown where we've come from. I've built my own business here with the gym and as the online coaching has started to do a lot better and started to grow and things too, it's just now the potential to go out there. We still have the gym here. I'm not selling it right off the, the bat. We're going to keep it, see how things go, um, put some managers in place. Um, my oh, mom's really? around who my mom's a partner with me in the gym. Right. So I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. so yeah, my mom's here. Um, she'll help run it and we'll just kind of see what happens, um, down the road. So, so yeah, kind of everything's a little bit uncertain still, but it's all like pushing forward that I can't not be talking about it. Like I'm my house, right. is first, you know what I mean? We've yeah, you're, you're already taking big steps here. That That's dope, dude. I am. I'm so for you on that. Um, so when you're there, you're not looking to like open another gym or anything like that, are you? No, that, um, not at all. No, not, not there. The gym that we have here is awesome. It's like, it's the first business that I ever started on my own. And so like, it's got that, um, like baby factor to it. You know, it's like, right. you just love it. And right. so like I built it from the ground up. So I'm not going out there looking to do that. I'm going out there to focus more in on the online stuff and really to support my wife. My wife has been super supportive of me. Um, quitting my comfortable nine to five job that had our family making good money and we could just kind of do whatever, you know, and, and right. she's been here in Preston and she's not like a, a small town girl. Like she has big ambitions and things too. And there's not a lot here for right. her in this little town. So I almost felt in a way indebted to her. Like it was going to be able to, she's done so much for me that it was time for me to take a little bit of a sacrifice as well and to go out there. And really it's not a, a huge sacrifice. I love the online side of the right. business too. And it's Huntington beach, California. Like I can't, you know, I can't complain. We're going to be out there like maybe five or six blocks away from the beach and with our little girl, it's super nice weather. And uh, just give me more time to hone in on what I'm doing and be able to support her too. So I'm super stoked about it, man. I love it, man. And the reality is things like that too, like taking risk like that, they just force you to grow more. Exactly. Like I know, like for me, like quitting the gym or like, when I moved to Scottsdale, it was like shit was scary at the time because it was so uncomfortable. But again, it just like forces you to level up. That's that's dope, dude. I'm so for that. And we'll be we'll be quite a bit closer, I think. So we'll have to link up, dude. It's it's yeah, kind of weird yeah. that we've never actually met in person. I know it feels like it feels like we have for some reason. Uh huh. I'm scared you'll but, be a lot more jacked than me if we. Ever <laughs> I don't think so, bro. You're a lot taller than I am. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will be a little. I don't know how far Scottsdale is from right there but i'm pretty sure it's quite a bit i feel like a are. flight out there anyways is just like 50 to 60 bucks it's super cheap yeah. actually so yeah that would be sure. a blast dude yeah. to come out and and train and to um like have do some work together and everything it'd be it would be an absolute blast no 100 dude i love it yeah so so yeah man what about you how are things how are things going how's your month been um things are good dude um you brought on a have you talked about that i have a, i've mentioned in passing but yeah brought on brought on the intern shout out to jeff um, how's that going that's been going really well man i've been super impressed with him and this is a dude that i had followed for years and i was always like we always have like a very similar mindset on things um so when he reached out to me i like i knew it was it was getting to the point where I needed to, things have been getting to the point where I'm going to need to bring somebody on soon. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's been going really well, dude. So basically what I've been doing is like, we're going through the mentorship. Um, he's working with some beta clients, things like that. And it's, it's been super fun. I, I love, 
I love working with coaches. I love coaching coaches. So that's that's been very fun. Um, it's kind of a scary step, but at the same time, yeah, absolutely. Just like it's just like you were talking about with the gym, like this is so much my baby. Like something mm-hmm. that I built from the ground up is kind of scary to think about not being there in every single email or every single client or action. But that said, like he's a dude that I had a lot of trust in before I even brought him on. And like it's what well, we're just a month in now. Um, and it's a three month internship process, but so far I've been super impressed and things are going well. So, I mean, we'll see where we're at in two months, but as of now, I've been, I've been super happy with it. So yeah, that's been kind of crazy figuring all that out, but I mean, it's, it's, it's cool, man. And I know that's the direction that things essentially have to go. Um, outside of that, dude, our gyms just got closed back down. I heard that. (laughs) So what ours? Well, we opened it. We opened way early, but then ours closed in, or ours opened in like May, mid May. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they just what last Monday they gave the order, like okay, close everything down. There were a couple gyms that were like revolting and staying open. Yeah. So they were like suing the governor, um, and they just had their hearing today. And I literally just right before this read the okay like the governor denied them or like the judge denied whatever so they're closed for sure so oh man i've been grabbing what i have five to 50 pound dumbbells now and then as of next monday i'll have so i just been like hopping on the facebook marketplace i've been driving all over phoenix and like yeah. <laughs> i so i got these power block adjustable dumbbells i saw those on your ig i think uh, i like them actually they're dope i'd use some old like the older versions before and they're pretty clunky but i yeah. like these so i have like the 550s and then you can get like expansion kits up to 90s so I'm going to have 50s to 70s and 70s to 90s as of Monday. Oh, nice. And then um, what, I have an adjustable bench. And then like in two and a half weeks, we're actually going to have a garage. So at that point, I'm just going to grab like a power rack barbells because I'm, I don't know. I'm just sick of, like I caught myself just basically being the victim last Monday. I was like, fuck, this is. Dude, it'd be hard, man. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, and I know there's a lot worse things. And I was like, okay. I am complaining about this so much, but what am I doing to actually control the situation? So then I, I just, I have to get it. So I'm like, I'm just going to get it my own spot. Like I've always thought it'd be cool to have a garage gym anyways. Are you doing Maybe. it just like a part of your, in your apartment? Like, are you just renting a garage in your apartment space mm-hmm. and then going to put it in there? Yeah. So cool. and next year we'll probably grab a house. Cool. But I mean, I don't know, dude, I'm just sick of it being out of my control. So it's like, all right, I'm getting my own stuff. So as of now, I have an adjustable bench. I'm going to grab a pull-up bar tonight, and then in two weeks, I'll have like barbells, squat rack, everything like that. And then Equipment's actually not too bad, dude. It's not as expensive as I thought. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can speak. I'm sure you can speak to that. I'm sure it very much depends, but. For sure. Are you just buying used? Is it all used stuff? Um, so actually, like the, the stuff that I've gotten so far is new. I got a used bench, but then I got a new one from Prime. You, know, you follow Prime Fitness. Yeah, I I want some of that stuff. I've been okay, yeah. eyeing it down, yeah. That's what I've been scoping out like this. I got a bench from there because it was like, I just hate shitty benches. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, I got it. Yeah. But that doesn't get here for like four to six weeks. So I grabbed like a super cheap one off of um, Facebook Marketplace. And then I've been like looking at like their plate-loaded cable towers, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like 
I'm give it like a couple more weeks and I'll be able to rationalize like why it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You might end up opening your own gym without realizing it just slowly, <laughs> slowly building it. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be written out space to everybody in the apartments. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's super cool. The one thing that I am going to miss when I leave is, is my gym is like my own little content hub. You know, right. like I don't have to worry about anything. I can, I can do photo shoots in there whenever I want to. I can, film anything when you know you just don't have to worry and that's right. leaving like that's the hardest part of leaving is oh, just like having my own little space and then going out there and hopefully I can find something similar to that like I like the I don't like big commercial places like I, I want like a little like pop shop pop type gym like locally owned somebody okay. that has a bunch of care in it that puts like um cream of the crop type equipment in there that like that they like and that's just got a little more character to it so that's the toughest part about leaving for sure but that's super cool that uh that you're doing that that's that's way cool it'll make it a lot easier for you to shoot a lot of content stuff like that too i'm sure that's what i figured i'm sure it'll be worth it long term but and it's a you could probably use it as an expense if you're gonna that's that's content. (laughs) i just wrapped up my taxes and that's exactly what i was thinking i'm gonna have hella write-offs this year yeah that's so easy too to like i'm so good at rationalizing actually me and my katie my girlfriend are both like best people are like rationalizing okay like it's probably this is why like it's worth it to buy this yeah. and it just gets out of hand but <laughs> no 100 percent, dude that's cool man well that's super cool um is there anything else going on that's that's fun and exciting or is that pretty much it i think that's pretty much it yeah same should we hop into the q a yeah dude let's get it cool bro How us off. sure let me just pull these up i've got a few questions here we'll just start from the from the top Um, the first question is is there such thing as a heart rate for fat burn so like have you heard of that before to where there's like a a zone where your heart rate's at yeah so i'm pretty sure that's where the the question is coming from right like you're in the fat burning zone so yes that's it your heart rate is faster we can assume that you're expending more effort and therefore you're like expending more energy. But there is, is there like a fat burning zone that we need to be in? Like on the old treadmills, there was always like the, the fat burn zone. Yeah. They have like the graph. Um, you didn't want to go no. too fast. You didn't want to go too slow. Right. Like that perfect area. Right. Exactly. And I mean, so that's essentially been disproven. We know that like, again, you're expending more effort. You'll, um, be burning more calories typically what i when i use heart rate type training it's like okay we want you about if we dive into like energy system type training like okay if we want want to be to the point where we're like so basically how we could look at this is like you could be walking on an incline treadmill you'd be burning a lot of calories but we're not necessarily actually pushing your aerobic capacity or improving your aerobic system right because, well, you might be like burning calories and sweating, like we're not pushing hard enough to actually improve our aerobic system. So when I prescribe like a heart rate, it'll be like, okay, I want you to stay at like, let's say 130 to 150 beats per minute. So we know this is like a somewhat sustainable pace, but we're also still using primarily your aerobic system, but we're taking to the point where we're pushing that. That said, like if I'm, per, if we're doing cardio for fat loss, um, I'll typically tell people just like try to stay between 120 and 140 not because it's or even like up to 150 but not because it's like any specific um 
like this is the fat burning zone but we know at that point okay you're not pushing so fast that you're like going to be smashed so okay we're not like sprinting here but you're also keeping it at a decent clip to where okay we are burning a lot of calories because we could just say like incline treadmill walk for 40 minutes and you could just like be creeping along and barely walk burning the calories so really that's the only for me personally at least that's the only way i really use the heart rate zones sure so you just you basically just to clarify you basically use the heart rate zone just to make sure to make sure it's a sustainable pace so they're not half-assing it and they're not pushing it too far you're just giving them a general guideline of somewhere that is the gauge so that they know they're giving a good enough effort but not too much necessarily exactly yeah yeah no 100 i think you clarified that perfectly i don't even really have anything to add to that because you you basically know that there's not a certain rate to where you're going to burn more fat when you're doing a certain amount of cardio when it comes to fat loss cardio can aid you in burning calories but it comes down to how many calories you are consuming meaning you have exactly. to be in a, a calorie deficit you can you can be in the fat burning zone um whatever you want to deem that doing as much cardio if you want to but on the back end of that if you're not in a calorie deficit on the side of your nutrition that fat burning zone isn't going to do anything so so yeah exactly and i wish i i wish i knew like even where the like fat burning zone idea came from I, I, there is something i've heard this story on it before i can't remember okay. what it is exactly but i heard the rationale for what it was but now i think i read it in like a study or maybe it was in like a mass research review or something to where they were talking about where it came from maybe but i okay. can't remember what it was huh. i'll have to look into that because that's always been something that like logically to me hasn't really made sense but yeah I'll look into that. Yeah. If you if you understand the basics, right? Uh, right. Calories in, exactly. Calories out. Like you can basically take that off the tape. That can be one of the first myths you can debunk just off of the logic of the actual science to it. So, right. So yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Dope. Go ahead, go ahead, man. All right. I have a pretty long one here. It is split up into four different questions in my question box. When you start with clients, what's your strategy in giving them starting macros? Do you use calculations or do you have them track for two weeks and get their maintenance? In particular, when you have a client who's already eating way under calories for their body size and are not say- and are not just saying they are, actually are under eating, just curious your take. Catch all that? Say that last part one more. Uh, okay, so she's saying, do you have a strategy used to set calories or do you just have them try for two weeks to determine their maintenance? Especially if we have a client that's basically under eating for their body size and it's not just they're saying they're under eating for their body size, they're actually under eating for their body size. Okay. Sure. So um, I used to use calculations a lot, but I'll be 100% honest at this point, working with so many people, um, I don't necessarily use a calculation now. I just have some general guidelines with um, each individual. Each individual is going to be a little bit different depending upon their activity level, what they do for work, how many days a week they want to train, what their dieting history has looked like, what their training history has looked like in the last while. And then I just can get like give them an estimate of where I want them to start that's going to be at the high end of close to maintenance and then we'll start there and then i'll just start getting feedback on what their body is producing back to what their data is showing me in terms of their 
um, weight, how they're feeling, their hunger levels, all that kind of stuff. I'll start getting biofeedback as well as data and measurements and weight and all that kind of stuff. And then from there, I'll start tinkering calories to really figure out where it's at. And you can use calculations. There's nothing wrong with using calculations to get general guidelines. But after you've done it for so long, and I know this isn't helping you a ton, um, but the more that you work with people, the more that you'll start to understand that those calculations are just estimations. And you can basically, after a long enough time in each client, you can basically have a rough guideline of where to start um, in your head with them. And then the the secret and the, yeah, the secret is in the adjustments, right? You just got to start somewhere and then you start adjusting dependent on the feedback that you get from a client. I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, 100%. I had that exact, I was laughing through this because I've had this exact same conversation so many times with like mental clients lately. Like how do you set up, go about setting calories and what's the equation you use? And I was like, well, I honestly don't, <laughs> I don't have one. I just like yeah. talk about, we talk about like on their call, what's your activity level like? I do have clients before I work with anyone, I need to say, see at least three days of nutrition data. So like I'll have you do a nutrition assessment when you start, I'll hop into my style diary, look through that, I'll assess mm-hmm. your foods. Um, I do that in the first week, like right. our first week together generally, but yeah. So that does give me a good idea, but still generally like same thing. It's like, okay, I know they're about this active. Um, I see this is about what they've been eating. They're eating about this much protein. So I'm guessing we're probably safe to start about here. Typically, I like to be a little bit more conservative with people in the start too. Same. Just because we always want to keep people eating as much as possible while losing at a rate to keep them motivated. Um, that said again, though, like it depends on the client. Like if I have somebody come in, like for example, I had actually two dudes start this last week that have been following this meal plan very strictly, like a bulking meal plan very strictly for the last couple of months. And like for them, okay, I know what they've been eating. I know they've for sure been in a surplus for quite a while. They're in a good place to diet. And they're both like very type A, like they're both, they both own their own business. They're both like, okay, I am very motivated by fast progress. So for those dudes, like, okay, I can see a very clear history of where you've been. Um, I know like you have a good idea of food choices. And they're both like, honestly, I love boring. I just want to keep eating this meal plan, but essentially like less of it. So it's mostly whole foods. And then I want to work on like being able to get a little bit more flexible. So in that situation, it's like, dope. okay, we're probably good here to be a little bit more aggressive. Are they but going into a diet phase? Yeah, exactly. And both okay, of them. Yeah, for sure. In like, do you ever like have phases where you bring on like a bunch of clients that are just weirdly similar at the same time? Yeah, man. It's kind of weird, but it is like, weird. That's last like a couple weeks that's happened to me. A lot of very, very similar situations. That's what, and that's exactly like these two. It was a very, like an oddly similar situation. So for them, they both, their goal was just essentially to get shredded. And again, I could see where they come from nutritionally. So we did start a little bit more aggressive there. Typically how I look at it is, we know most anybody should absolutely be able to lose weight at like body weight times 10 for calories. And that's a very, it's so that's so generalized. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I've had to take clients lower, like a very, very petite woman, for example, that we work with, like sometimes we will have to go a bit lower than that. Um, but generally, like if you, if somebody is coming to you and like her, the second part of her question was, what do you do with clients that are not just saying they're under eating they're actually under eating for their body size so that's a i mean honestly in that case i would say first and foremost i would ask like how long they've been actually under eating for their body size and second like we have to take into all these other like we have to take into account 
Like if it's truly a client that's working with you that is eating 800 calories and they're like, it's like 150 pound woman, for example, then we know there's probably actually something physio- physiologically wrong with them that's like outside of our scope of practice. Like maybe they have mm-hmm. a thyroid issue. But if we look like past that, there's no, so like if they go to their doctor, we get all these things checked. There's nothing like wrong there. Like, and that's the, that's the first thing I would say. Like if they're, tr- if they truly think they're eating that little, go have, like push them to go to the doctor because there's probably something wrong there. But then past that point, we have to look at like, okay, there's no, there's no physiological reason that if this person has actually been eating like 800 calories for a month, like when we understand metabolism, how we burn calories, there's no actual reason that they could possibly be like not losing weight if that is the case. So, I mean, I don't really have a good answer for like when a client is truly under eating for their body size, because if they're truly under eating for their body size and they're not, which also like it's what is truly under, it's so context dependent, mm-hmm. like, okay, how much are they moving? So I would also say like a big thing here that people don't take into account is not tracking steps. Um, that's a big, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling. On no, this you're one. good. You're, you're good. But um, like often we'll see, like if somebody does seem to be way under eating, a lot of times coaches don't track their clients movement. They don't track daily steps. And for me, that's been one of the biggest things I've seen because we, we do see a huge down regulation in your knee as we diet. So that's probably outside of that. The biggest thing going on, I would say going, is going on, but honestly it does so often just come down to like, okay, re reiterating over and over. Like, are you tracking accurately? Um, yeah. Different guidelines. And in a situation like this, I'll normally like hop into a client's food diary every day for a couple weeks and just shoot a little video, like going through everything. Like, and it like for you as a coach, honestly, it is a lot of work, but it does really help people a lot. Like, okay. So like I see here, like your salad. Um, okay. We tracked just lettuce and like some cheese. Was there anything else on there? Was there deli meat, um, salad dressing, things like that. And then, because like, honestly past that again, like there's no physiological reason that, if like all these things are good, we know like their thyroid is good, that they shouldn't be losing weight. We know that their movement is on point. So like, <laughs> that's my convoluted answer to the question. Yeah. I would say with that last piece too, I think you know that on the head as far as if they truly are eating that low of calories and they go to the doctor and everything is on the up and up and it's good. I would say that what's missing is trust between you and the client potentially when i say trust like that good relationship for that client to be 100 percent honest with you about everything that's happening i've i've honestly ran into this a few times to where you have to break clients down and let them realize that you're not there to judge them and you're not there to ridicule them you're there to help them and so you have to reiterate that over and over to sometimes get people to be able to open up to you and and to be to even to open up to you and then to open up to themselves and be real with themselves about how much they truly are eating and how accurate they truly are being inside of the things that they need to be doing to create the results that they want to create. Right. I think the best thing you can do in a situation like that is like whenever I'm going through somebody's food diary like that, I always relate it back to like the mistakes that I've made in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know for me, the first time I got ready for my photo shoot, like I just kept eyeballing my peanut butter. And then I was at this fat loss plateau and I realized that like, when I started weighing my peanut butter and like actually measuring my olive oil, then I suddenly broke the plateau. So like, just start like relating it back to your own experiences as a coach. 
that's super helpful as well. Like kind of, kind of what, with what you're saying there, because it's not like you're a bad person because you're not tracking accurately. It's just like yeah. tracking accurately is really hard for most of us. And like it's they've, tedious they've just, too. It, it's tedious. It is tedious. Yeah. It does. Especially at the start. Yeah. You know, they've done studies with like even dietitians, like overest or underestimating their calories by like 400 on average. Super interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, man. Yeah, I do it too. I did it with my coffee creamer for a long time. I get stuck in a plateau and I realize, shit, I'm not, I'm not tracking my coffee creamer and I'm probably putting in like 100, 125 calories every single day of that. So we all do it, but it just comes down to some self-awareness and, and getting super real with yourself about um, are you actually giving the effort that you're telling yourself and your coach that you're giving? And last thing, I'm sorry, keep interrupt, interjecting. No, this, this is a, this, it's a good question. There's a, lot you, there's a lot of things you could get out of that one. Last thing I would say here is typically when clients are struggling like this, like, you know, for me, like I just did this the other day, like the end of my day, I hit my calorie goals. And then I realized that I had forgotten to track like 300 calories of milk because I was like at the end of the yeah. day. plugging in. So with clients like this, again, when we're struggling like this, I'll typically have them plan out their next day for me the night before, shoot it over in my fitness pal. And again, like every night for a couple of weeks, I'll just work through that. So they know exactly what they need to eat the next day to be on point. Because also if your clients like retro retroactively, I think that's right. I think that word applies there. Yeah. The clients like tracking at the end of the day, also like it's just super easy to forget stuff. So last thing I had on that, but. No, absolutely. That is 100% on point, man. I couldn't agree more. I have clients do the same thing when they, um, especially when they first begin, um, mm -hmm. I get them to plan out their first week, every single, or the very first week, every single night, plan your meals that night before the right. day happens. So you're not just like trying to plug and play. It's simply almost like a meal plan, but it's in your phone. You just have a plan to follow along to. Right. Yeah. Plan to fail or fail the plan and you plan to fail. Right. So that's a big one. Ready? Yes, sir. I'm a newly certified personal trainer and I'm in the process of becoming a certified nutrition coach as well and looking to start my own online coaching business. Any tips for getting started or advice? Take it from yeah. the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So on, specific to an online business. That's what he said. Yeah. I would start putting out content right now. Because the reality is, I, I don't know how it was for you, but I know for me, like getting, getting online clients is a whole different game than like if you're an in-person trainer at a big box gym, right? Like you very much are your own brand and it takes a long time for people to trust you to see you as an authority. So the sooner you can start putting out content, um, the better. Honestly, like content is one of the biggest keys. Content and consistency are huge as far as like actually getting clients that you can work with. Um, honestly, I think that a lot of times people waste way too much time like overthinking the content. Whereas just like the biggest thing is like, if people see you putting stuff out, helpful information out every day for months on end, then they start to trust you. And when they need help with their nutrition, you're the first person they think of because you're always like the nutrition guy on their Instagram um damn this is <laughs> but there's so much like you go into this um and just like yeah, being consistent as hell is truly i think one of the biggest pieces that most people are missing with when it comes to content like i know a lot of don't expect like it to work in two weeks and honestly like or two months exactly yeah. i know for me like i put out 
I put out content for six months before I had one single person that was like at all interested. And then when I put out my, that I did online coaching, it was just like, I had one client. Okay. I'm going to announce now that I do all my coaching. And then it was just like crickets. And it really took, I think for, I think we talked about this before, but I know for me, it took like two years of being crazy consistent with content and like training for what, like four to five years total at that point before things really started to take off. So I also would like, you very much have to be in it for the long game because there's not like a funnel or anything like that. This is going to allow you to blow up overnight. No, 100%. I couldn't agree with that anymore. And I would also add to that, work with people for free as you start to get some um, like to help build out your service and how your systems work. There's nothing better than just bringing people on. I remember doing that, finding people on. I would randomly message people on Instagram asking if I could coach them for free just right. to get more repetitions at it to help build out my systems because, quite frankly, I wasn't really worth anything yet, right? I had, I had nothing to offer. I needed to build it, and you, can't, you won't necessarily build it and prime it until it's in effect and you're working right. with people like – um, weekly check-ins, how you communicate every single week, all that kind of stuff is um, stuff that you have to build out with clients. So, so I would definitely start just working with people, see if I can get friends or family um, just to get into your system so that you can actually start creating your systems. That will help you out a ton and it'll help build your confidence so you feel like you have something to actually sell and a value that you can actually provide to people um, to be able to help them. And then the second thing there is with an online business, there's this misconception that the work might not be as hard, but I would argue that to be an online coach, um, you have to love it more than doing it in person because the grind is so slow. Plus you have to, you are your own boss every single day. Like getting everything done is on you. It's a lot different than going to a gym and having a boss and trainers er, and clients coming in the door and you just train a client. No, right. you're at your house. Like you're in your home right now. I'm in my home right now on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, right? And I'm sure you'll right. be working through the entire day. I'll be working through the entire day. But I'll bet when you first started, like, it, it takes time and a lot of practice um, to build the discipline to be able to do that and to stay on task with what you're doing. And so if you don't truly love it, I don't think that the online aspect is going to work out in the long term. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that, yeah, so many people see like, I'm going to go online because it's so much easier than training. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, so it's a whole, it's like a whole different animal. It's coaching is a lot different in and of itself, like delivering it online versus in person. But then too, like you have to realize like if you're, like you said, if you're working at a gym, like they attract all those clients for you. They do all the marketing for you. They run all the like taxes, shit like that. Um, so that's a big thing. I would also say here, um, look at, like identify the coach whose business you most want yours to be like and go hire them. Like, I, I think one of the, I was going to say that. One of the best things you can do, especially if you've never been an if you've never coached someone or never been coaching in an online capacity or coaching anyone else in an online capacity, you have no idea how to like deliver that service. Like, I know for me, when I first hired Cody, because that's exactly why I did it. Like I very much saw him as like where I wanted my business to be eventually. So I just hired him. And that's like, I, at the time I was working with just a couple of clients, but instantly my systems were like so much better because I learned so much just from like how he delivered the service to me. I'm going to also, I think that you very much like when you're trying to build your business, I was just talking to the intern about this the other day, actually, but you very much have to like 
be proactive about going out and getting it like do you do you reach out to or have you gone through a period where you like reach out to quite a few people on social media things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i did it for quite a while um and then as i would back off it would slow down like yeah you've got to do it you've got to be proactive (laughs) that's and that's that's the the start oh yeah and that's i i hate doing shit like that i Mm -hmm. i hate like randomly dming people or like i'm not at all saying like you make it your weekly goals though like even in our group to like exactly. just to reach out and like you're not trying to sell people but just to reach out and have conversations and just exactly. actively help people right because not everybody exactly. flu- fluctuates straight to your content sometimes you have to be willing to be the vulnerable one in a situation to build a relationship that goes for anything any sort exactly. of relationship in life exactly just like and that's what like that's the exact assignment i give my intern and like that's what i'm doing too like always i have to have at least three calls and like a lot of times they're not even a sales call like sometimes it'll literally just be an hour where somebody hops on a call with me and i just give them a ton of value like yo if you were my client here's here's what i would have you do and it's not like a sales pitch at the end anything like that it's literally just giving them value but something about that and does like then you have a forever follower too exactly but also in that they're referring their friends to you, even if they don't work with you, but like just something about that, like always going out and getting those like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to set up three calls this week, even if not one of them is a sale. Something about that always like leads to more momentum, more applications coming in. But just like you said, anytime I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm crushing it. Like stuff's just going to come to me. It never works. It's still, it never works out like that. Like I still people up all the time so anybody listening to this if you want to hop on a call i probably haven't hit my number of calls yet for this week shoot me a dm and we'll get it set up that's awesome that's super awesome i couldn't agree with um any of that more i think we nailed that one on the head too i don't have anything else to really comment on it oh all right next one i have um when if ever would you have a client go keto Mm. for the most part I really wouldn't. I've had a couple people. I've never put somebody into actual ketosis or tried to, but I have had some clients with PCOS, some female clients that have been diagnosed with PCOS to where I have had them go lower carb, um, just focus on a higher protein, higher fat, not not going super, super low carb, like trying to restrict them altogether, but just a lower carb diet in general. And not always, like I've had some female clients with Picos to where we haven't had to really worry about that. We've just focused on uh, uh, staying in a calorie deficit and eating an adequate amount of protein every single day. And we've seen great results. It just comes down to the consistency factor. And then there are some that carbohydrates and whatnot just don't make them feel as good. They get more bloated. They don't feel as well. And so we'll back off the carbohydrates, not necessarily because they can't have them in order to be able to drop fat. They just don't feel as good eating them. It messes with their digestion system, um, it messes with their energy levels, things like that. So we'll pull off the carbohydrates a little bit um, in that in that factor. And again, it just comes down to biofeedback, what's happening with that particular client, what they respond best to, what they feel best with, where their digestion is at, how their digestion is with different types of food groups and things like that. Yeah, I I agree, man. I think that really the only time I would push somebody for like, I've had a lot of clients do lower carbs simply because it's their preference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Like I know if a client starts coaching with me and they're like, yo, I feel best on high fat, low carb. Um, I believe that that's the superior diet, which I have had quite a bit. Like, I think that's the best I ever helped. I'm not going to be like, no, that's <laughs> fuck that diet. We're going to do like high carb, low fat. Yeah. I'll just, okay, dope. 
maybe we'll like in the future play with like tweaking carbs. And a lot of times I will have like clients that, okay, like I'm following a low carb diet, but I also want to get as many gains as possible in the gym. So we know like, okay, especially if we break it down to like energy systems, we know like it's probably going to help to have more carbs for recovery and training. So like, yo, like maybe let's try playing with like some more carbs around your workouts. And then like the rest of the time we can be low carb. But yeah, outside of that, like for <laughs> epilepsy or um, sure. I was actually just going over this in Mac Nutrition, like literally this morning, so funny timing. But for epilepsy, um, it's helpful like to follow a mm-hmm. keto diet or like if you have cancer, it can potentially be helpful. That said, like I'm not out here coaching any epileptic clients or like Same. Uh, anyone with cancer which is definitely like out of our scope. So I would say pretty much only if it's a preference, would I do that? But I've just, like you said, I've never actually pushed a client to the point. Like I've done low carb, but never like, yo, we're going to go keto here. Yeah. And really, um, just to give some context with me, I work with a lot of people who try to go keto before they work with me. And then they come work with me because they realize that that type of diet doesn't necessarily work for them or isn't sustainable for them in the long term. So I see a lot of the reverse of that, like people trying it and then they come to work with me so that they can learn how to eat carbohydrates, include some sugars, uh, different things like that, and still be able to make the progress that they want to, to be able to sustain it in the long term. Well, dude, even in the studies that they did to find how beneficial it was, like for these people that had cancer, it was slowing the progression significantly, but even they couldn't stick to it. Like, yeah, yeah. Their life. and it's, this isn't at all the shit on keto, because again, like, if that's your preference, you can stick sure. to it. That's great. But for so many people, it's just not that sustainable. And that's the hard part, right? You can't, you can't live your life. It's hard to live your life without carbohydrates. Exactly. Think about your 4th of July weekend. Everybody's doing burgers, the salads, the fruit. Like, it's just so hard to always have to say no to everything. And then so right. when you finally decide to not say no, then it's an all out. You know, like, ah, screw this. I'm going to eat whatever I want. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, no. it's, it's hard and not for everybody. Absolutely. Some people it's realistic and some people are dedicated and it, it's what they believe in they wanna, and what they want to do, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But for the majority, it's just, it's not realistic. Exactly, dude. My turn? Yes, sir. All right. Here's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> serious question do you smoke marijuana <laughs> I, that was from tiktok <laughs> i do not actually I i'm not at all i'm not at all like opposed to it i just okay. i honestly don't know like where i would go about getting it is it legal in arizona or is it not legal medical is i heard that i heard that maybe in like november i think it's on the ballot so I think it will be soon. So shit, like I'm not at all Could opposed be. to it. Um, give you something to calm my ass down sometimes. So. Sure. sure <laughs> but absolutely. no, I, I don't. Yeah, I do not either. Growing up, like in college and stuff, I smoked my fair share. I'll be 100% honest. Right. But uh, at this point now, I, I, I don't. The worst thing that I do at this, I don't even drink that much alcohol anymore either, to be honest. The worst thing that I do is drink coffee <laughs> drink a lot of caffeine <laughs> but, but yeah i used to i used to smoke a fair share of, of of uh pot but not these days and that's like i feel like most everybody's like okay like smoke some in college and like 
like very similar here like like i used to drink a ton in college a lot yeah. more than like same smoke, but like same here like i really like dialed that back and just getting old dude but i have kind of gotten into lately like for a big milestone there's this cigar bar over by where i live and have this beautiful balcony like overlooking scottsdale oh cool just smoking a victory cigar when like we hit like big milestones that's um, cool that's way cool that that's been fun though honestly though that's like i would say and that's like a completely different conversation but yeah that's like the ultimate guy like evening or afternoon oh yeah go to a cigar bar and, and hang out and smoke some cigars that sounds kind of fun honestly <laughs> i'll have to that uh that sounds super fun i just laughed at that question i figured i'd just throw it because it's kind of funny i love it i am not on TikTok. <laughs> what's that i'm not on tiktok dude that's a conversation to have in itself tiktok is um it's helped me in the last couple of weeks. It's grown my business faster than anything else. Really? Yeah. Anything else. I, I had, I'll say this on the podcast. I had 25 applications in the last two weeks. Damn. It's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> From TikTok because just the, the organic reach that you can get over there is ridiculous. Like absolutely. Ridiculous. I was going to talk to you about that because nobody really realizes it and there aren't, a ton of coaches over there and I've been over there since September. Um, but I didn't start taking it seriously until, um, COVID hit and we all got quarantined. And then I started like watching some other guys doing okay on there. And so then I started up too, and it's just kind of like slowly snowballed, but like you're, you can grow so much faster. Your reach is so much more. Have you ever even been on the app? I have seen, I was on there once cause my homie was telling me he's into marketing um and he was telling me like basically what you're saying dude like the organic reach yeah. is so good. and i got yeah. on there and i was just it was all these things it was like 13 year olds dancing and i was like i hate this shit yeah <laughs> so do i but they they tailor it towards like they tailor your feed your for you they tailor it to your preference just like all the al- other algorithms do too right so like if you get on mine like you don't see any dancing or anything you, you see like huh you don't dance on there? No, I don't do any dancing. I'm not a very good dancer. <laughs> Unless I got a few shots of me. Not a very right. good dancer. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, but yeah, it just like tailors it to to you. It's it's I don't know, it's pretty cool. I just give out informational uh content over there. Like it's just videos of me like shooting myself, talking on a subject for like 15 to 30 seconds. And and uh-huh. like it's crazy, man. Like I've got some videos that are over like five hundred thousand views. And uh yeah, mm. yeah. Celebrity. Yeah, no, I'm not a real celebrity. I'm just saying you should just take a look at it. I got I'll go to check go out your- and take a look at it. And he took a couple, uh, he did a couple of posts and I don't think he's put anything else back up over there. But yeah, <laughs> it's insane. What it's done for my business in the last while, it's grown my business faster than, than anything else has at this point. Like you've probably seen, I haven't been on Instagram quite as much. But I haven't been over there as much because I'm, I'm putting up like three to five pieces of content over there every single day at the moment, just because, and I'll never quit Instagram, obviously like that's a staple and that's super popular, but, uh, but yeah, there's something going on over there. If you listen to Gary V, he'll obviously tell you. (laughs) I will have to, I'll go check out your profile. Yeah. Go look at it. It'll give you some ideas too. You'll, your brain will start storming a little bit, but yeah. Dope. Another question. Yes, sir. All right, man.
what's the best cardio to do fasted cardio before or after workout? So they're saying, should you do it fasted? Should you do it before? Should you do it after you train? So fasted versus non-fasted really doesn't make any difference at all for fat loss, because again, it all comes down to, and there've been multiple studies that have shown this. I think Brad Schoenfeld did the most recent one that showed there's no difference between fasted or fed cardio. Um, so that's really just like a preference. If you prefer a fasted cardio, it's great. But if you don't like fasted cardio, there's no need to, because if we look at it, okay, we burn X amount. And it's like the argument for fasted cardio was that like it's burning more fat simply because there's less, um, there's like no glucose available to burn or less because you haven't eaten yet. But then basically, so there's like more fat oxidation happening and your body's basically burning fewer carbs as fuel. But then like the studies have shown that when we fast, like when we eat later, then our body just burns like more glucose and less fat. So essentially it all evens out. And then like, I, I very much push people to not even look at like, okay, what substrate specifically am I burning here? But rather just think of it as like, we almost have this pool of calories. Okay. This is how many calories I burned today. This is how many I took in. Did I burn more than I took in? So really like the fasted versus fed cardio is entirely up to preference. Um, I would say if your preference is, and it depends on what kind of cardio you're doing too. Like if this is just an incline walk. It probably doesn't matter that much i would say this is essentially splitting hairs but sure if you're doing like some intense cardio like let's say we're doing intervals on the assault bike but your preference your number one goal is to build muscle pretty much in, in most cases with anybody i would work with unless your goal is like to get better at cardio over like build a lean strong physique then we prioritize cardio but otherwise i do lifting first and we want to ideally space cardio like as far as we can from lifting within a training day or put it on an off day that said again though these are like it doesn't make that much difference at all no not really yeah i 100 percent agree with everything you just said i feel like you broke it down perfectly so i don't even really have anything to add to that man i think that, no. i don't have anything else to say to that i think that you're good that's all the the questions that i got too perfect and that's all i got as well man Awesome, dude. Well, um, if you guys have more questions that you'd like Jeremiah and I to answer, we always put up a Instagram post um, on Mondays, the first Monday of the month to answer your questions. But if you guys have questions that you'd like us to answer on these podcasts that we do once a month and you have them before then, you can always DM it to Jeremiah. You could DM it to myself on Instagram and we'll make sure to save those throughout the month um, to do for this. We maybe should just put up like a Google Doc or something to where they could go to yeah, ask I questions do, for it too or something because these are getting a, a good amount of listens on my end. I'm, I'm, I would oh, imagine they, they are on your end too. So I think people are enjoying them. So, so yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. I think this is actually the quickest we've gotten through one that's 100% on me for being a half hour late to this. No, you're good. You're 100% good, dude. No worries with the time zones. Like I said, I did the same thing last week too with some <laughs> phone calls. So I totally get it. But dope. All right, dude, this was fun. All right, brother. Absolutely. I'll talk with you soon.